Last time on the New Noise Podcast. I'm Julio, by the way. Tina. Remember Tina? We met her all the way back in Season 1, Episode 5. I don't think you come here to be alone at all. I think maybe you come here to escape loneliness. There goes Julio again, blasting someone he just met with a full-on psychoanalysis. The Julio Spech. After that, we took a little stroll back to Tina's apartment where we met her best friend, roommate, and bandmate, Joanne. Hey, tomorrow after my final, want to work on that new song? I feel like I'll finally be in the headspace to really get it going. Now that, I would stop playing this Pac-Man for. After that, we rejoined our original heroes, a few weeks after starting their label, as they tried to spread the message of their movement to the unwashed masses. So we want to change the way people think about rock and roll. What is happening? We are about to change your life, sir. That's what's happening. This appeal, as always seems to be the case for the would-be saviors of rock and roll, fell somewhat on deaf ears. Across town, Tina similarly struggled with her own personal professional path. It would have been so much easier to quit if I wasn't good at this. Girl, you're good at everything. So that was a terrible plan. Hey Siri, text Max from the bar. So maybe the appeal was appealing to someone after all. Who's that? I think this might be our lifeline. Could the wheel of fate begin to turn favorably for Unreal Records? Only time will tell. This week we join Tina and Joanne in their apartment as they prepare for the night ahead of them. So buckle up and or snuggle up and make sure you grab a tight hold of your socks lest they be rocked off. Episode 2 coming at you right now. In what situation would you buckle up and snuggle up? Outdoor, two-seater, nighttime roller coaster. Wow. That's true. Yeah. Yes. It is. Don't fucking test me over here. Produce the show. get this straight. We're going to meet two dudes, one of which you met for five minutes at a bar, for a wine and cheese night, and the setting for this is a back house? Yeah. I figured you'd be chomping at the bit for some free libations. Totally. Love that for us. Here's the thing. The whole affair doesn't strike you as just a tad murdery? Oh. Huh. Yeah. You know, now that you mention it, it does sound kind of murdery. Don't get me wrong. Normally, I'm totally on board with nurturing your trusting, optimistic side. I call her Sally. And Sally is my jam, because she's great at sniffing out free wine and cheese. But I also feel it's my duty as your friend to point out the murderiness of it all. Sure. Fair. The back of the house is just the murderiest part of the house, you know? This guy, Max, though, he didn't really have the vibe of a murderer. He was more... Again, can't emphasize enough that I love this lane that you're in right now. You're throwing caution to the winds. You're conversing with people you don't know. You're willingly opting into a second interaction with these aforementioned unknowns. 
It's wonderful. It's truly the character arc I've long been awaiting for you. But the million-dollar question here is, am I that pumped about your allowance of others to penetrate an outer shell once considered largely impenetrable that I'm willing to risk being murdered? I just figured if you were on the fence, the wine would break the tie. Okay, so it does. I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page about the fact that we might be walking into our deaths. Totally. Okay, great. As long as we're being upfront about it. These are the moments I cherish. I'm just wondering if we should have gotten multiple varietals of red. Merlot is just such a crapshoot. Dude, it's fine. If they don't like Merlot, then they can have some of the white. Yeah, but what if they're not big fans of minerally undertones? Then what? Oh my god. And what of the charcuterie? I mean, are you seriously telling me that you couldn't taste the difference between the gold tier and the silver tier prosciutto? I was mostly interested in not hitting the two-hour mark in the artisanal wine and cheese shop. Oh god, the cheese! Great point. Here I am deliberating over the meat to say nothing of the brie assortment. I mean, fuck. What if they don't like soft cheeses? Jesus Christ, dude. You need to calm down. They're going to be here any minute. I just... Everything has to go perfectly tonight, man. I can't have the fate of the first non-martyrs affiliated member of Unreal Records to hinge on whether or not we opted for the smoked gouda. Look, just breathe, guy. They're not coming here for the sustenance. That's a bonus. Do you know why they're coming? The music. That's right, man. The music. That's exactly right. So stop obsessing over stuff that is, <laughs> you know, out of your control and start calming me the fuck down because I'm sweating bullets here, man. My God, you seem so calm. Yeah, it's all a lie, okay? <laughs> Can you see my pit stains? Mm, yes. Well, fuck. I'll just go put on a third sweater vest. There's no time, man. Look, this is important. We can't keep them waiting out there forever. You're right. Um, let's gather ourselves. Totally. You want to do the gather shake? I do. I do. I think I need it right now. Bro, these are the moments the gather shake was made for. <sighs> and gather. God, that feels unbelievable. I'm so very gathered right now. All right. No fear, no anxiety, just the music. Hey guys, what's up? Julio? Dude, we thought you were gonna be two girls. Oh, no way, so did my parents. But turns out the doctor just read the sonogram wrong. I was a large, oddly shaped fetus. What are you doing here, man? I thought you and Denise were spending the weekend crushing bones. Like a giant? No, dude, like the TV show. Oh, cause I was about to be pissed. Like. You're grinding bones to make your bread, and you don't even offer to share with a homie? I could say the same to you. Smelled your charcuterie from all the way in the front house. But I told myself, no. No way your boys would hold out on you meat and cheese-wise. And yet, here we are, boys. You smelled the charcuterie? I've got keen olfactory senses, bitch. Okay, Julio, calm down, man. We invited some girls over to pitch Unreal Records to them, and so we wanted them to have first crack. That's all it is, dude. First crack. Got it. So you were just going to bring the leftovers to me afterwards. Is that it? Huh? You were just going to hit me with a charcuterie dregs? Is that what you're telling me right now? 
Yes? You have no idea how much that means to me, dudes. The dregs of the charcuterie board are the unsung heroes of any fancy spread. Once everything's been dipped and dunked and everything else, that's when the true flavor emerges. So thank you for saving for me, your pal Julio, the most delicious moment of the entire charcuterie experience. You are welcome. And we knew. Yeah, no, we definitely knew that you felt that way about charcuterie. Max said it to me in the store. Oh, like hours ago. We knew. (laughs) And we discussed it. We've known for much longer than right now that that was your opinion. I fucking love you guys. Nobody knows me like you do. Cool. So, we'll see you later, then. For the dregs. Yes. Your claim on the dregs has been recognized. Do you ever wonder if Julio is extraterrestrial? Every damn day of the year. All right. You ready? Nothing puts pitch anxiety into perspective like a lengthy dissertation on the various creative ways one can reconstitute a plate of leftover meat and cheese. Bring it on home, baby. Hi. Hey. Should we do names? Sure. I'm Joanne. Max. Hunter. Tina. Come on in. I need something to kill this feeling my head aches. Just give me something to numb this feeling my brain aches. I thought you were so calm. First we were the Snugs, then we were the Bebop Twins, then Dastardly Dashers, then the Crunch, then Daniel Radcliffe's Butthole, then briefly Daniel Radcliffe's Butthole Juice, then back to the Snugs, then Death Star Typhoid Rap. (laughs) Yeah, that was that summer where you wrote that one rap. Yeah, that critically acclaimed rap. Your mom's blog post does not count as critical acclaim. Don't hate. Okay, where were we? Uh, Goosh. I'm sorry, Goose? Goosh. I am so sorry. Then Forest Fire Fairies. Then Justice, Supreme Justice. Then Daniel Radcliffe's Vagina. And now we're kind of shopping around again. Cool. We're martyrs! So when we introduce you as our openers, should we just call you kind of shopping around again? Because that's not half bad. I don't hate it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we came here for a pitch, and now all of a sudden we're opening for you at shows? When you're one, everyone opens and everyone closes. We are all the doors and the windows of the house that is our collective home. Was that anything? The beginning, maybe, but then you kind of went off the tracks. Here, have some breathe. Bree keeps him on the tracks. Really does. By the way, feel free to dive in. I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, I'm not really a big soft cheese guy. Dear God. Okay, that's totally fine and not anything that should be dwelled on or obsessed over and certainly shouldn't lead to anyone spiraling out of control. Let's just... Why don't we just cut to the chase here? I mean, let's face it, nobody's here just for the wine and cheese, right? 
Your silence speaks volumes. The idea here is to team up. If you join Unreal Records, that's our label. Then together we can continue to drum up interest in our cause and get more and more people to join. And before we know it, bam! Industry construct torn down. Hold up now. We've never even heard of this label. What kind of cut are we talking about here? Oh, it's not a money thing. See, we'd incorporate you into the label, aka the collective, and then we all be represented by Unreal Records, even though really we're representing ourselves, but under that umbrella of the collective. If we all continue to spread the word, then two becomes four, and so forth, exponentially. Once more and more people find their way under that umbrella, slowly but surely, we'll take the power back. Unfortunate use of the word incorporate there, but hopefully you get the idea. And this cause you're speaking of is... Saving rock and roll. Oh, I'm all in. I'm out. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I thought you were just going to say, like, let's try to play some shows together or something. Well, sure, it starts with that. Boots on the ground. Go grassroots! But the more our message spreads, the more it becomes more than a message. It becomes a movement. See, she gets it. It's kind of crazy how much she gets it. Cool. Sounds hard. It's going to be the most difficult, most grueling, most all-consuming uphill climb of your entire life. If that sunny outlook doesn't make you want to join up, I don't know what will. Look... I don't want to shit all over your dream. I'm totally down to talk about future collabs or whatever, but this all feels a little life-altering for me. Again, just want to reiterate that I'm completely and totally all in. A recruit! The cause is strengthened, and we are invigorated by that newfound strength. Surely our rock and roll forefathers are smiling down upon us in this moment as we carry on their legacy together. Don't forget our four mothers. Oh, sweet house of all that is holy. What a truly excellent point. I genuinely apologize. And this isn't the apology of a geriatric congressman or a pro athlete suffering internet backlash after a homophobic tweet is excavated from the dusty corners of 2011. I actually mean this. This is an expression of actual contrition over the fact that I have made a grave error of omission. Wow. Very good apology. It was real. You made that clear. Not to discount the influence of our forefathers, either. Not sure how we would have found our sound in the early days of Daniel Radcliffe's butthole without Jimmy. Sure, Jimmy, but what about Janice? Well, of course, Janice, but what about Mick? Goes without saying, but what about Stevie? Naturally, but Axel? I see your Axel, and I raise you Pat. Clapton. Joan. This might go on for some time. Joni? Yeah, it does seem that way, yes. Break it up with the smoke? I don't know, I'm just adding so very much to this conversation right now. Yeah, whatever will they do without us? Naturally. Stevie. I said that already. Wonder, bitch. Thanks. I would be lying if I said I wasn't slightly worried about what happens when they run out of people to list. Oh, don't worry. Joanne never, ever, ever feels even remotely awkward in any social situation. Like, ever. It's a superpower, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would make my short list of superpowers for sure. Probably top three. Got a short list on lock, do you? Of course. Anybody who says they don't is lying to you. Come on. You know you do. What would your number one superpower be? Okay, don't laugh, but I've always wanted to be able to do the headphone pop-in visit. (laughs) Excuse me, the what? The headphone pop-in visit. Haven't you ever wanted to hear what other people are listening to in their headphones? Just for a quick little visit? Basically, everyone these days spends so much of their time with headphones in, just walking around in solitude, which, trust me, I love, but I'm always curious to hear the soundtrack to their solitude. 
Plus, basically, all other superpowers are way, way too, too fucked, fucked up. up. Oh my god, yes, exactly. This has been my position for decades. Anybody that picks mind reading, invisibility, or shape shifting, I'm immediately out on. Okay, slow down there, cowboy. We're on the same side. I couldn't agree more. I mean, sure, the headphone pop and visit is like a tiny bit invasive, but nothing compared to actually peering inside someone's mind. No real downside to the HPV either. A- apart from the initials being HPV, of course. You could probably just change the name. I'm fiercely loyal. (laughs) Well, for what it's worth, flying is the empirically correct answer. It's not sneaky or invasive. You wouldn't be so powerful that you become inhuman or have a moral obligation to devote your life to vigilante justice. And it's the most fun. Hmm. Okay. Sure, but what if you... Fly too close to a plane, get sucked into the turbine, and are subsequently shredded to ribbons? See, I've run the numbers. Dope enough of a power where it's worth the risk. I guess you're someone who doesn't mind taking a few risks. I used to mind. I used to wake up every day and go to work and do my work and then go home. Because I knew that that was the safest way for me to keep on existing. And I didn't hate that way of life. I just, I guess I didn't realize how much of a premium I put on just existing. Then I decided I wanted that existence to mean something, and I took the biggest risk of my life, and I haven't looked back yet. I mean, hey, if if you want to fly, you gotta jump first. <laughs> and now here I am asking you to take that same leap of faith that I took. And, one could argue, that ask is an even bigger risk to you. How so? Well, so you and Hunter jumped thinking you'd fly, but now you're free-falling, alone, and expecting us to be your parachute. Slowing that descent into wherever the fuck you're gonna land, but you've never even heard our music. You think we're a parachute, but who knows? You might pull that ripcord and out pops a big old sandbag full of anvils. What then? Then we fall together. Plus, I just had a feeling you didn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, do you suck? Quite the opposite, really. We're basically the Michael Jordan of modern female prog rock bands. I played only lacrosse for like a decade of my formative years, so I never really got that into basketball. But hey, if you ever want to compare yourselves with Casey Powell or Gary Gates, you know where to find me. Okay, well, he was really good. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that movie when he dunked on those aliens. So you think you're at the level where you can equate your music to dunking on fucking aliens? Why don't you see for yourself? Ah, the old sharing the headphones trick. All we need is a little rain and Zach Braff, and we'd have all the ingredients for a romantic comedy directed by Zach Braff. You never really (laughs) stop talking, do you? No, it's rare. Well, let's try listening for a change. What do you say?
Don't suck. Gee, what a review. <laughs> it's, it's very, very good. Thanks. I guess maybe we should go in and make sure they haven't gotten to Weezer yet. <laughs> yeah, right. No, totally. I mean, you're, you're joking, right? I'm just saying, the latter half of their early career and the early third of their mid-career discography is unfairly maligned. Sure, fine. Throw out basically everything after Green Album, but don't dismiss the entirety of Maladroit. Maladroit? For fuck's sake, you'll never even get me past track nine on Pinkerton. You don't like burnt jam? While I'd happily spread it on a piece of rustic sourdough, I'd kindly thank you to keep it out of my headphones. Next, you'll be telling me to check out the new Greta Van Fleet. Okay, let's all go to our corners. Yeah, come on. No arguing in the collective. We're, We're not, not arguing. arguing. We're, We're discussing. We're discussing. Just wondering, uh, could I get a status update in terms of the dregs? Yeah, we're still kind of in the middle of it all. Word. Completely understand. I sense tension. I can fix that. If you want. Yeah, it's not a situation that calls for fixing. You sure? Because I got a big old bag of mushrooms in my room that I've been saving for just such a tension-ebbing situation as this. I'm not sure that that's... Well, hang on there, buddy. Yeah, let's not... Dismiss the offer out of hand. I feel very tense. I would love to feel less tense. This is the thing about the dregs. It's just a collection of misfits. Rejects, in a way. That little oddly shaped cornerstone that everyone stayed away from. That hunk of prosciutto that was just itsy bitsy bit too fatty for the average Joe or Jane. That crumble of blue cheese that was just a hair too blue. But when you put them all together, their imperfections weirdly harmonize 
And it's not just that you don't notice those imperfections or, or that they fade into the background. Quite the opposite. Those factors that drove us to reject them as individuals shine through when they function as part of a greater whole. A whole that we've never tasted before. Each bite becomes a journey into a previously unexplored sector of Flavortown. And that isn't something that we should marginalize. It's something that we should celebrate. <sighs> never understood why more people didn't realize that. Oh! What? You're the Bones guy. I knew I recognized you, but I couldn't place it until you monologued. The kinesiology lady! Oh, my bad. Sorry, I, I should have recognized you. But there were so many fresh faces at the bar that night. I met a guy named Clint, a guy named Flynn, and a guy named Flint. So, remembering who was who pretty much maxed out my memory bandwidth. Oh, the third guy's name was actually Dan? We just wanted to fuck with you. Hey, you guys? Yeah? I don't want to be the kinesiology lady anymore. None of us wanted to be who we were. So we stopped. And now we are who we are. Was that anything? I want to join the collective. Tina, you don't have to- This has been the weirdest night of my life since I made the decision that there was no more room in my life for weird nights. I never want to make that mistake again. And I have you all to thank for making me realize that. So, let's go save rock and roll. This is gonna be so fucking right. Thank you for listening to episode two of the New Noise podcast. Tina, played by Carson Fagerbaki. Joanne, played by Kayla Murray. Max, played by Maxwell Hamilton. Hunter, played by Hunter Porter. Julio, played by Julio Macias. Created and produced by Hunter Porter. Sound production by Rob Nagelhout. Written and directed by Joey Bertolini. <laughs>